This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What side did you take in the big David Lee Rock Van Halen split? What do you mean? What kind of question is that? What side did you take, Halen or Rock? Van Halen. He's a cop. Oh, come on, guys. Oink, oink. Strictly a judgment call. They sold a lot of records after Dave left the group. Come on, one more question. Hey, come on, Jeff, one more. All right, all right, all right. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. I want it! Give it to me! I love it! It is the Mings cast. Let's have some fun, boys. All right. Top shelf. Hello, my good friend. Hello. The mighty Reverend in Fuego right over there. Hi. And everybody's favorite, Mononic. I'm not yet, Rev. Oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Had to show a little love for uh, Motorhead and Lemmy. Yeah. With uh, a great scene from the movie Airheads. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> Airheads. It, it's funny. I'm very excited. We have, uh, uh, we're going to have a couple of awesome guests on from a band that is, uh, has a huge impact on my life from back in the day. So I'm very excited. Uh, Valerie and Elizabeth from Seven Year Bitch will be joining us. And Woo. I've been thinking a lot about Motorhead's music. And originally I was going to use some of their music for the jam of the week. But then, of course, with having Seven Year Bitch on, I'm like, oh, yeah, we should do them, have yeah. their music. And I've, I've noticed a little similarities between the two bands, at least personally. So let's start it off. Jam of the week, The Scratch from Seven Year Bitch. The comparison for me is that uh, you got Motorhead. A lot of people know their one song, Ace of Spades, I mean, yeah. obviously. But when you actually pay attention to Motorhead, I mean, you just assume, oh, they're just fast, they're punk, and that's it. There's like so many different layers to Motorhead's music. And I feel the same way about Seven Year Bitch. Like, this is a song a lot of people know. Uh, it's called The Scratch. It's been featured in like movies. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it's a song that uh, I think a lot of people that are familiar with their music would be the first song they think of. But when you listen to some of their other songs, it's like they don't just fall into one category. Like they got the abrasive, the fast, the punky stuff. But then they also got stuff that's like just 
like just plodding in a good way, like just heavy, you know what I mean? Like okay. bluesy and dark. And Motorhead's very similar in that sense. There's a lot of blues behind the music of Motorhead, but we all just immediately think of Ace of Spades. That one, yeah, exactly. Sure, the heavy. What's that? The heaviness of it. Right. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, how is the drummer going to play a whole set playing like that? I, was like, I can't play that beat. Even though it's so simple for Ace of Spades. But then you hear some of the other songs, I'm like, oh, those are the songs where he gets a little bit of a breather because <laughs> he's kind of just taking it back a little bit. But uh, I'm very excited to talk to the ladies, the bitches. Seven year bitch. It's gonna. That's gonna be kind of fun. We could actually just be like, "What's up, bitches?" It's pretty cool. This was. <laughs> they were. They came way before I really got started getting into music and stuff. So they were a band that I had to go back and kind of retrace their steps. Yeah. From like L Seven and like Sleater Kenny and stuff. Like okay. I, I. That's how I learned about these this band, and it's just really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, because it's like. A lot of people use uh, Motorhead as that band that like both punk fans and metalhead fans can agree on. Like that's the band that's kind of like the bridge. Yeah. And I've always, especially now that I found out we're gonna have an opportunity to talk to them, it brought me back to high school. Uh, which I'm sure they don't want to hear because it's like I hate, <laughs> I hate when people are like, "Hey, I've been listening to you since high school," and I'm like, "Well, we're at a bar. How old are you?" And like, I'm 30. I'm like, "Son of a bitch, man, that was a while ago." Crap. <laughs> uh, but like, Seven Year Bitch for me was a band in the same sense how Motorhead seemed to be that for many fans that they kind of like if you were a fan of Motorhead, it kind of opened you up to whether it be punk or metal, depending on which you were originally on. Seven Year Bitch was like that for me too because I was like, you know, a fan of. Of of rock music and 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 uh, and the Seattle scene was I was enamored with when I first was in high school and yeah, learning yeah. about all these bands that were coming from that area, whether it be Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Then I heard this band Seven Year Bitch, and I'm sure I'll share the full story with them when they call in uh, to give them you know a little bit of a backstory of why I'm, I'm so pumped to talk to these ladies uh, because I, I heard their music and I heard you know I'm like oh they're abrasive and they're heavy and then I'm like oh wait they're not just like your quote unquote you know at that time it was like oh the Riot girl scene or L7 mm-hmm. or it's like oh there's so many different layers to what they're doing that I found so interesting and it opened my eyes to different music and, and maybe like obviously you know it got me interested in, in music that was fronted by females at first at that time I the only female fronted music Music I could even think of when I was uh, growing up was like Lita Ford and and you know yeah. I mean, guitar yeah <laughs> right so yeah. I was like oh wow these guys I I'm I'm associating and I'm connecting with what they're throwing out there way more than Lita Ford ever did and then I was like oh let me check out Babes in Toyland or let me check out L Seven oh, band yeah right or even Hole like I mean yeah. there's like so many mm-hmm. it, it just kind of opened my eyes like wow chicks rock. And on a level that I am like on a level that I connect with more, which was like, you know, a more raw, punky version. So I'm I'm excited and nervous to talk to them because I'm such a big fan. Yeah. Uh, And uh, they have an album coming out. This is the interesting thing. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it. They'll probably be calling in uh, about five minutes from now. They're putting it's a. I want to talk about it, but I don't want to like completely like just steal the thunder of talking to them about it. But like, it's pretty cool, right? They they haven't been abandoned forever. I think '96 was twenty years their their last album, and they're not together to play a show. Uh, They got back together because a guy by the name of Scott who. uh, worked. I, I think he ran sound or worked over at the old club Mo back when it was the Mo Rockin' right. Cafe. Way back in the you day. Know, back when Capitol Hill was rocking. <laughs> <laughs> not, not how it's like now. It's like, you know, it's just hipster central. Yeah. Um, 
he went into his basement, I think, and found mm-hmm. uh, uncovered all these, discovered all these old tapes of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like 400 he, recordings or something like that. Right, of all different bands. I would love to go hang out in his basement for right. for a day and just, just kind of <laughs> go through everything just yeah. to see what he's got. But the one that stuck out for him was the live recording of Seven Year Bitch performing at Mo back in 1996, I believe it was, or 94 or 96. Uh, we'll ask that. 1996. And he listened to it. And he's like, "Wow, this really captures the spirit of them. This is when they were firing on all cylinders, and uh, you know, just the sound and, and the energy. It reminds me a little bit of Kiss. Um, in that, I've always enjoyed Seven Year Bitches uh, records. Yeah, the Never, studio albums. Right. Yeah, I, I thought they sounded great, but." Same thing with Kiss. I've always enjoyed them, but a lot of people would say it wasn't until they put out that live record where people realized how powerful of a band Kiss was. Yeah, yeah. And I'm noticing it too because I, I was able to listen to the live record this morning. They sent me a link. Oh, look at you, oh, look fancy at you. lad. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, <laughs> I won't talk to you unless you give me this link. See? Yeah. And I, I typically would like just kind of skim through it, but. I, Hey, they, I didn't get a lot of my work done this morning because I wound up just sitting in the office and just zoning out. Dude, every time I was walking by or bringing in papers and stuff, yeah. you were jamming out to it. And I didn't realize At that like 4.15 w- in the morning, I'm Dude, jamming it, out the seven-year bitch. And it was loud. You could hear it down the hall. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, the country guys or the you know the, the hot music guys are just like, what, what yeah, what's, is he what, doing over what is, there? What is, what is going on in Steve's office? It sounds very <laughs> aggressive. Uh, That's what I thought from the kitchen because I could hear it from the kitchen. No, I'm like just totally doing zero work just and i get it i get why this why scott said hey i need and he created his own record label just so that he could put put this record out that's amazing this record right not any of the other ones this one and it's coming out on january 16th it's called live at mo uh you could get it at either seven year bitch rocks.com which it's the number seven or live at mo.com and uh, they're going to be at the emp the band's going to be here cool most of them live in la that's why they're calling in and not coming in oh okay and uh so they're going to be coming back to town which i'm curious i want to talk to them about that too because you know on our station uh, on thursday we're doing 90 something day where we're celebrating the music of the 90s this band i mean was so busy in the night especially the early parts of the 90s but the first half of the 90s i mean they were touring with the red hot chili peppers to l7 to rage against the machine and cypress hill i mean they've they got into some movie soundtracks too i believe yeah i can't remember the movie they were featured in the movie too oh now i'm Uh, uh, yeah the the song the scratch that you listened to was featured in that movie so yeah i had chris o'donnell and i just looked it up uh it was featured in the movie mad love with barry moore and chris o'donnell yep yep (laughs) and it's so crazy because they pretty much play the whole song in the film. It's pretty awesome. Um, you and know, the movie uh, took place here. Uh, did it? Yeah, right on Lake Union. Well, that makes sense yeah. to have them perform then. Yeah. I just like, remember the guy swimming across the lake to go see Drew. Dude, I don't even remember <laughs> anything about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Than, I have to go horrible back. now. Want, is it on Netflix? I have Everything no idea. Everything is, right? I don't know. Maybe. Sure. <laughs> Internet. Maybe Riding in the Car with Boys is. Okay. <laughs> there we Drew Barrymore movie. I remember that one. <laughs> I do remember that one. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk to them. Also, I mean, uh, they, uh, man, I was like, I got caught in the wormhole of YouTube watching a lot of their old performances. Came across this bootleg of Eddie Vedder at, I don't know, I, I'm gonna have to ask them because I, they know they obviously would know the backstory. They're performing at Gasworks, but it seems like they just like made like a makeshift stage and just kind of just showed up, right? 
That's kind of cool. Right, and just performed, and oh. this is like 1992. Before Rage Against the Machine did it. And the video <laughs> has um, like them, whoever's bootlegging it is spending some part of the bootleg on the on the ladies performing, and other times just focusing in on Eddie Vedder, who's also videotaping it and drinking beer watching them. <laughs> nice. And then at some point he jumps into the pit and just starts moshing. Uh, right next to a guy who's rocking a Pearl Jam shirt, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, and then after the performance, Eddie jumps on the stage, and uh, I actually have the audio of that, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, just hearing a young Eddie Vedder back in 1992 addressing the crowd of of all the people that went to watch Seven Year Bitch and some other bands that they were going to be playing as well. Uh, and here's Eddie Vedder just saying what's up to everybody. Anyways, that's it. Uh, enjoy the skateboard ramp. Enjoy your beer. Um, enjoy the evening. This is just uh, for you. This is for everybody. This is for people. This is uh, Michael who owns this property. The city. We didn't need the city. We did this on the road. All right. Me and Michael and Beth and Richard, we did it. Yo, you have to register to vote. There's a way on the way out. I can do it if you want, but it's your choice. It's your voice. Don't waste it. Rock the vote. It's just right out here. Rock the vote. Wow. Right. Do it. Nothing better to do. Nothing Memories. better to do. Eddie, my sing a little later. Uh, we're That's like the guy that, that he was talking about who let them perform there, that Michael guy. He hands him the mic and he just starts singing, I'm still alive. That's funny. weird. I, I, they have our numbers, but they just email me saying that, um, oh, that's because I wrote 205. I'm an idiot. <laughs> 205, area code 205. I'm so stupid. Uh, I, I have their phone number, so we, we, we will have to call them. Um, and I think they're, yeah, here, I'll just hand you the phone. There's the... The number right there. Get the right oh, phone number, not the wrong the one. The 415 number. Yeah, not the 205. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I just give them the wrong number and they're trying to call me. <laughs> they're probably like, what area code is 205? Yeah, I'll look that up for them. Oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> it's Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. Hello? Hello, is this Valerie? Yes, it is. Uh, hey, it's Steve from KISW. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm sorry I'm an idiot and gave you an area code of 205 on the phone number. Oh, is that what that was? I didn't even notice. Yeah. I just hit the, the thing. <laughs> no problem at all. I guess, Apparently, um, that's where is that Alabama you said? Yeah, Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, we gave you a phone oh, number Birmingham. in Alabama, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's like light years away. Right. Some guy's going to answer. He's like, I'm here for the interview. And he's like, what? <laughs> uh, hey, I'm going to put you guys on speakerphone because Elizabeth is here awesome. as well. Very right, cool. Hang on. So this is uh, Steve and Kevin, right? Uh, no, Kevin does the metal shop. He'll probably be reaching out to you guys to handle that and also the loud and local thing. This is just Steve. I got uh, my buddy Top Shelf, uh, the Rev, and Nick in in the studio with what us. What up? Hey, guys. Hi. Yo. Uh, so we've been talking for a little bit, and, and this is uh, Valerie and Elizabeth, the heart and soul of Seven Year Bitch, the rhythm section. Uh, That's right. I've been sharing my my connection to your music and, and how, A, excited I am to talk to you guys and be nervous because... You guys had a huge influence on me growing up, 
and, and I was joking with these guys about how I hate when I, I run into a listener who's, because I've been doing radio here for 17 years, so I, I meet people who listen to me when I was they were younger, and then they come up to me, and they're like, I've been listening my whole life. I'm like, well, how old are you? And they're like, I'm 30 now. I'm like, gosh, that makes me feel old. But So I, I, feel, I feel bad being like, hey, I've been listening to you guys since high school, but you guys had such a profound influence on my musical taste growing up, uh, so it's a, it's a complete honor to get to talk to you guys. Oh, wow, that's cool. Thanks. We can all feel old together. Yes. yes. Get our walkers out and drink our tea. It's going to be great. Uh, We're 50% there. We're drinking tea right now. Too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but for hard stuff later. <laughs> I was uh, I grew up in New York and uh, and around high school time is when I first started like hearing about Seattle music and I was always just a nerd for music and and I was to bring it back to way before the internet days I remember getting the old CZ records like flyers mailed to me and I would order records based on if the album cover was cool. Yeah, I remember doing that too. Okay, so I remember ordering Sikkim and being like, these girls look like they're just they don't give enough and I want to listen to their music and the the album was perfectly right i mean you guys just had that you know that energy and that attitude like you know what we don't care what anyone thinks we're just gonna we're just gonna rock your face off and and from that moment on i mean i I was obsessed with your guys's music and i told these guys i'm like it's like we were lamenting on on lemmy passing and just the sadness about that and and the music of motorhead and how the music of motorhead for a lot of people whether you were if you were a punk fan it helped you bridge the gap into being a metal fan or if you're a metal fan it might have helped bridge the gap of becoming a punk fan and seven year bitch was like that for me like you know i was it just kind of opened my eyes to a whole different world of music and uh and and still to this day when i listen to you guys music it brings me back to that that feeling and, and it's i'm just so pumped that you guys are coming to town i'm so pumped that this live album's coming out uh, i've gotten a li- like i was telling these guys even earlier i got zero work done this morning because i got the link at like 4 a.m and i spent the entire morning instead of prepping for our show i was just <laughs> sitting in the office just jamming out and loving how great it sounds well, isn't that prepping for the show? You yeah. know what? I guess in a roundabout way, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, instead of me just babbling about how much you I love you guys. Job. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that? <laughs> just sit on a chair, jam out the seven-year bitch. No big deal. <laughs> that, that, that's really cool, though, everything you said. Like, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we... we um, sorry we didn't get you the link earlier. That was my bad. I was supposed to have that to you guys by yesterday. But uh, No worries. The the whole comment you just made about the punk rock metal thing is funny because we've been sort of digging through old memories and old photos and kind of going through and like finding some footage of Stephanie and and Stephanie was really like kind of right in the middle of that like she was equally punk and metal but she had more of the metal edge and then like Celine and I were kind of more punk and then Liz was more brought in more metal so well Valerie and I have we share a Hessian path yeah I definitely had that as well <laughs> so you, you're spot on with that with that uh. Was there one? Was there one band that you guys could all agree on as being awesome? Like you know, you know, like I mean, because you guys grew up together. You guys start. This is the first band, so I would imagine you're young and you're just, you know, how we nerd out about music. Was there that one band that you guys could all be like, yeah, okay, that one is dead on. We love that band. Like a current band, I think a band that we all held really close to musically and personally was Neurosis. Yeah. Ooh, really? Which, uh, yeah. Neurosis was a really kind of a pivotal band for us. Um, Bonding early on. There's a lot of bands that we love. Alice Donut. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and we could just go down the rabbit hole. But, but Valerie and I had like Patty Smith. Yeah, Patty Smith. There's tons. There was like dozens where we were all like 
we would perv out on them pretty equally. But <laughs> early on, like, uh, you know, we were all musically, perv out music. Musically. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, like, I haven't yeah. heard that term before. Hmm. I like that. I'm going to start using that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Though it might sound weirder if a dude's like, I'm perving yeah. out on this song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope you wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, for you guys, is this a crazy experience that, like, I mean, you're rehashing some old memories, and, and I mean, I would imagine, yeah, you, obviously, you guys, you, you did your thing, you played your music, you guys have moved on to do whatever else you guys have been doing, and then all of a sudden, S- Scott Plum is the guy who finds this tape in his basement and decides, oh, I got to put out, a, I got to make a record label just so I could put this music out, this live performance. Was it just a surreal thing to kind of bring you back to being, you know, in the band again, in a sense? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a good way to describe it. It's surreal. I mean, I, he contacted us about two years ago, and it was a little slow going, like communication, because we weren't all like together and communicating a lot about this kind of stuff. So it took a little while to get it running. But then once he got the, the tape to us and we heard it it was like it was really impactful i think we just were a little surprised by how how emotional we felt about it and how um and how bonding it was after so much time like we definitely felt like it was a gift that was like because it just came out of nowhere like we we'd completely forgotten that we had made we've never considered doing any kind of live release it really it came out of left field like valerie was saying and one by one, we all heard it, and we're like, we need to make this happen. We, this yeah. is an incredible opportunity that Scott has brought to us. Yeah. And um, he really understood our band and understood understands us, our aesthetic, I mean, the artwork that he did for the album, the way he mastered. You know, we were kind of limited because it was a tape off the board, so we, we didn't have separate tracks, and he did such a good job mastering it. And we were... Um, really happy that this performance was captured because it's at Mo, it's at our hometown at the end of a tour. It was a, a really strong performance. And yeah. um, and then Lisa was <clears throat> the one that was doing live sound Lisa that night. Sound. She was our sound woman for many years and our dear friend. And then she ended up playing, playing guitar. guitar and yeah. The last part of like our, our last few months together, she was our guitar player. So, and then she passed away a few years ago. So it was like this really cool thing to just mm. have, we could hear her sound technique. In, her stamp in is on it. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that. That's wow. That's heavy. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was, um, yeah. So it's been, it's been interesting and fun and a lot more work than we would have anticipated. <laughs> yeah, being in a band, it's not just running games. It takes a village. <laughs> but can I backtrack and say something? Because you mentioned that, um, uh, that you appreciated that the album cover of Sickum matched the music. Yeah, that's really important. When I used to before the interwebs. And you would buy an album because it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And then you'd put the record on and you'd go, this doesn't sound anything like the way this was presented to me. And you feel ripped off. Yeah. I felt that way. I bought a Madonna 7-inch. It must have been her first or second 7-inch. Because she was wearing these like ripped up clothes and she looked all badass and it was a female. And I was like, oh, she's so punk. I'm going to buy this 7-inch. And I put it on. It's like chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> now all of a sudden you're listening to Holiday. Like, what the? <laughs> 
<laughs> it was probably holiday. I'm like, is this on the right RPM? Like, what is going on here? Can we slow this down, please? Slow it down. It sounds like some weird, like, typo negative song or something. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I think she should release all of her old hits that way. <laughs> I'd be in for that. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think about now, the first thing I thought of when uh, you said that, like, buying albums based on the covers, I remember doing that all the time, going to record stores, too, and just... Uh, the one cutouts, that, right? The I remember the, the one that pops in my head. I remember buying Nirvana's Nevermind because I knew I wanted it because I heard the songs. But I also picked up Mary's Danish. I don't know if you remember that band. I remember the name Mary's Danish, and they were kind of like a fun, like they had a little bit of a punky attitude to them. But they were, uh, and I remember just buying it because of the album cover. And then on the flip side, uh, opposite of how you experienced with Madonna, I'm like, this album's amazing, and I only, and I thought it was so cool that I discovered it just because of the artwork. Yeah. You know, I discovered Sinead O'Connor that way. I just was like, again, I'm drawn, you, you know, you're not that many female artists that that I could that I felt like I could relate to aesthetically or musically. So mm-hmm. Sinead O'Connor is like, okay, here's an album cover with this bald woman on right. it. Right. <laughs> Who's really young. She looks like an alien. I got to buy this. And nobody wanted it. It was like a cutout. You know how they would cut off the corner uh-huh. and put it in the, in the deep discount bin? I bought that Sinead O'Connor record and... Wore, wore out needles playing that record over and over again yeah. just based on the album cover. And it's crazy now, nowadays, for many people, here we are, the old people talking, uh, but for some people, it's just the digital world doesn't even matter what the album cover is because nobody's even looking at it. No one's even opening up the artwork and reading all the, I, mean, I remember reading everybody's thank yous on albums. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Liner notes, man, gatefold. It's, Open that thing up and yeah. listen to it and like, pour over all the imagery. And totally. It was so, such a huge part of it. It's so nice that now with vinyl, is kind of saved the the record store world in the sense of going yeah. there and picking stuff out because of artwork and I, I, I'm very glad that you guys are like I, I had the link and been able to listen to the record but all I kept thinking this morning is I can't wait to purchase this on vinyl because you gotta get the vinyl yeah it, like, that was our that was a driving force for us it's like we got to do vinyl and it's it's um, heavy vinyl it's black half black half red it's it's beautiful yeah yeah I saw the it, pictures it, of it it looks so awesome. Yeah, it came out great. We were just at Patti Smith for New Year's Eve. She played at the Fillmore, and she was doing um, the album Horses. And in the middle of the show, she like they played all the songs on side A, and then she actually paused in between, and she said, okay, that was side A. And then she made the motion of like flipping the record, <laughs> like, and you put the needle on, oh, and then she's awesome. like, and then this is side B, and she played it. It was very, um, like inappropriate I thought I love also cool. I mean I know like some people like they like to listen, the vinyl has kind of become the hip thing but and I think the real the best part about vinyl right now for me is it's forcing me to actually stop whatever I'm doing and just focus on listening to the music whereas you know with, with your phones having all the streaming stuff you could just plug it into your stereo and you're driving and you're multitasking and you're not really paying attention to the music anymore and with vinyl like I sit in the living room there's no other yeah. distractions yep it, it, that's yeah. true that's a good point <clears throat> It's yeah, I was just talking about this with my husband. It's like you, you, yeah, you sit there. Maybe you're, maybe you're reading a book or looking at some artwork. But that's the most you're going to be distracted from the music. It's really, it's very, and it's an immediate connection. And then, but then you have to turn over the record. You can't get too far away. You right. can't play yeah. that too much. You got to turn it over. <laughs> yeah, fifteen minutes. You got to flip that thing. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's funny when you mentioned how like you guys understood like when you heard it too. You're like, yeah, we have to put this out. That's how I felt when I listened to it this morning. I remember thinking. Oh, I get why this needed to be released. Especially, you know, I play drums, and so I always have a, uh, I, I always have a, like a, a extra love for the rhythm sections of bands. And right for, on. And with yeah. you guys both being, you know, the bassists and the drummers, uh, 
man, the drums and the bass sound so huge on this live record, and just yeah, I mean it's awesome. It's Thanks. just uh, I mean just the rattling of the bass strings. I've always Elizabeth, I've always loved just the, I mean especially like deep in the heart on the album. It's just there's just something like you could just feel every note being hit. There's just something really just beautiful about this about how it was captured. Wow. That brings a tear to my eye. Oh, <laughs> that's what I do. I try and make any guest come on and cry on our no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's really awesome, man. Thanks for listening so attentive, uh, you know, actively and attentively. That's really cool feedback. No, these guys I'm were so all giving me a hard time. They're like, I, we kept walking into your office and we clearly saw you doing nothing other than just sitting there listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That means a lot. For anyone out there that wants to pick up the record, it, it comes out on the 16th of this month, and uh, they can get it at liveatmo.com or sevenyearbitchrocks.com. You can get more information about it. Plus, you guys are coming to town. You're going to be hosting a party at the EMP where you're doing a live interview, also a signing, and that's on Sunday, the 17th at the EMP, and it's free for everybody. That's right, yeah. And the doors are at one thirty, and it goes from 2 to 3 is the interview, and then we'll be hanging out and selling the record and signing it and just shooting after that. How often do you guys ever, do you guys get to, I mean, besides now all the preparation for this record, have you had the opportunity to hang out with each other or is this what brought you guys back yeah. together? No, we've, we've maintained contact. Yeah, we've stayed <clears throat> friends and in, and in each other's lives actively, but we have been spending a lot more time together. Oh, yeah, it is ramped up. <laughs> it is like emails, texts, phone calls, constantly. smoke signals, just like, yeah, <laughs> telepathy. It's all it's all working on all cylinders. Yeah, which has been great. It's been really good, and it's been great to work with Scott, and, um, and we've had a lot of friends come up and help us out, people that were, you know, part of our past that have really come, come through for us and, like, helped us do lots of different aspects of this stuff, which has been really amazing to have like, it's cool to just have connection with your old peeps, you know, and we just, um, you know, there's some people going through some tough times and everybody's kind of been rallying around. And so sort of that old vibe from from those times is is still easy to tap into, which has been really cool. It's a weird, ex- I, I, I know for me, like, I, uh, when I first moved out here, I started in a band and then we, you know, again, you band, you break up, you try to get back together, you break up. And recently, you know, we started playing in like 97. We just started playing together again, just in a practice space, just to see what would happen. And it's like, it's an amazing experience that when you walk into the room with the people that you were connected with musically, it almost feels like you never even missed a beat. Like, I mean, yeah, I know. Isn't that a trip? It's really weird. I don't know if anyone really can experience that outside of that world. I mean, it's almost like getting together with an ex but not having any of the baggage of not liking them. Like, I mean, it's like a, it's a, there's something really special about getting together again. It makes you feel young and, and, and it, and it, it reconnects you with people that you might not have had the opportunity to reconnect with in forever. So it's cool to hear these stories of, of not only the bandmates, but also the other people that were associated and involved, whether it be friends or, yeah, you know, whatever management it's, it's, it's gotta be a cool thing for you guys to be able to just kind of go down that road again. Yeah, Definitely. I wanted, to, sure. I wanted to ask you a question about, um, like, I, I was talking to these guys before we got you on the phone. Uh, I kind of fell down the little the, the wormhole of YouTube, you know, when you start watching some music videos, and then you click on this, and you click on that. And I came across this random bootleg of you guys performing at Gasworks back in 1992, where uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam was there also bootleg videoing it and moshing in the, in the pit with you guys. And I, I just was curious, like, because, you know, I came here in 97. I moved here after I graduated college in New York, uh, where I played the living hell out of your music on my college radio station um thank you uh but uh it was it's like so cool to see 
like what Seattle was like before. Because when I got here, it started, I mean, now it's way different. But in 97, we still kind of had that vibe of being a music city and, yeah. and a community in a sense. But it wasn't like how it was in the early 90s. And I was wondering if you remember that show, the backstory behind it. Because it sounded like you guys just kind of set up a stage and just jammed out at Gasworks without anyone's permission. Looks like it, Yeah, too. I remember it. It was, um, it was Mike Renquette's party. Yeah, it was, he, an escape, it was he, a professional skateboarder, Mike Renquette, his party. He, yeah, he threw the party, and um, and I we we do remember it, and it's with Stephanie, and unfortunately I know that clip that you're talking about because I came across it by accident recently as well, and I was so stoked, but there's a big tree blocking Stephanie, so we were actually, we're trying to track down Eddie Vedder to see if he has his footage somewhere archived miraculously because his angle would be able to show Stephanie because it, we have so little footage of us playing with her, but... yeah. We totally remember that party. It was super fun. And there was this sort of, yeah, like wild, you know, just kind of, you know, un, um, what's the word when you're like unselfconscious energy in the air. Like everybody was just, you know, yeah, there was a lot of new bands playing and it wasn't like this whole scene necessarily where everybody was like already established. So uh-huh. it was just, it was like a real punk rock show where everybody was like, you know, skating and jumping over people's heads and just like mayhem, kind of. But it looked like chaos out there. I mean, one guy just yeah. jumps on stage and just starts like dancing in front of you for a second and jumps off the yeah. stage. <laughs> yeah, but, with, but without people getting too wasted, like people weren't getting like falling down, loaded, but like certainly in slightly altered states, but not over the top. You know, it was it, like yeah, I could see it seemed more celebratory than just like a a drunken mayhem kind of a fest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, I uh, I wish we had played more things like that. They were always so fun. It was a kind of like this humongous version of a house party, right? And I remember, I remember there was a lot of falling asleep on the ramp. Like I think in the morning it'd be like people covered in coats. Yeah, and some people had sleeping bags. Like, <laughs> did we fall? Did we sleep on a skateboard ramp? Yeah. I guess it was pretty comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a good night when you wake up on a skateboard ramp. <laughs> <laughs> I've been enjoying your uh, you guys' Facebook page because it's it, it's fun that you guys have been active and, and like sharing some of your old memories. Uh, I, I mean, one of the ones. I mean, speaking of Lemmy, I thought it was uh, there was a uh, you shared something where you said when you heard about Lemmy passing, the first thing uh, you thought of was uh, Valerie in the crazy night where he stole her after a show. Okay, and- that is classified information. <laughs> Come on, you got it, Elizabeth. You put it on Facebook. You got it, it, it's public knowledge yeah, now. I can tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about the story. So we, we played a show at the Whiskey in L.A., and we didn't know that Lemmy was at the show. But a friend of ours came backstage afterwards and was like, hey, Lemmy was here at your show, and he's hanging out next door at the Rainbow. Do you want to meet him? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, she took us over there, took me over there, and I just left this note for Elizabeth on my drums, like, can you can you handle this for me? I'm out. <laughs> and, uh, and and we went over, and I was, I was really nervous to meet him. I remember hanging out outside the Rainbow because I had, like, I don't know, there was, like, some ID situation where they wouldn't let me in or whatever. And uh, when I finally got in, he was sitting at, you know, his usual spot, apparently, which I didn't know, at the Ms. Pac-Man game in his, uh-huh. like, white leather boots, like, playing Pac-Man. And I was like, holy that is Lemmy. I mean, I like, you know for people in L.A., it's not a big deal because they would see him there all the time. But for me, I was like, it was. We just saw him there not that long ago, actually. Yeah. And then he um, he invited us back to his apartment where we just ended up hanging out. It was totally PG and innocent. There was nothing, like, you know, devious as far as 
any sexual activity or anything like, like that. Sorry, guys. But it was, um, but there was lots of other uh, maybe not so PG activity that I won't, <laughs> I won't elaborate on. Nice. But I did get to hear lots of great stories from him, and he showed us like amazing old video clips, and he played some new songs from the album. I can't remember what album it was right now. Um, one thing that was a little sad was that he was lamenting the fact that the Bastards record hadn't sold well, and he was really frustrated with the music industry, and he was talking a lot about that at that, at oh, that wow. particular time. But um, but other than that, he didn't, you know, he wasn't in the, that was the only negative thing. Everything else was just was just a Lemmy-esque evening, and there was there was other details that I'll leave out because those wouldn't be appropriate. But, <laughs> but like I said, nothing um, nothing Nothing pervy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the word of the day. Uh, it's it's kind of it's been a trip because you know after he passed it, everyone shared on uh, their Facebook pictures with him, and I'm like I realize I'm like I feel like every one of my friends has gotten a picture with Lemmy, and then it dawned on me I'm like wow that's just such a testament to who Lemmy was that he was so accessible to people who yeah. appreciated his music that anyone who seemed like they had if you had a will to meet him, you were able to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was totally down to earth and like just super cool that way. Well, I even saw I on really Facebook. I think we share a mutual friend in Jana who was security over at the Showbox and oh, just yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. true sweetheart. One of my all time, one of my oldest friends out in Seattle since I moved out here. I remember meeting her yeah. and she's always been great to me. And she shared her experiences and it was kind of similar to your guys. Is like hanging out with him, and it wasn't about like him trying to like you know mac on anybody. He was just, I think he just. It sounds like he was just the type of guy that just loved hanging out and BS, BSing with people. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that, you know, Danita put on the L7 page about um, about Lemmy being a long-term supporter of, like, women playing music, and it's really true, you know? I mean, he was at, came to our show. It was like, what, didn't know, you know, that's from Adam or whatever, and just his history of with girl school, like, he played tons of footage of, of um, you know, Motorhead playing with girl school, and just, like, I mm-hmm. feel like he always, just this, he never made an issue about it. He never was, like, saying, like, oh, I support women or something. He just did it, and... It was just in his attitude. He was like, of course, women are rocking this as hard and playing. It was just sort of... That increases the rock by 50%. <laughs> yeah. Right. When you, when you got the Lemmy stamp of approval, you're solid. <laughs> well, and for you guys, too, I mean, in the 90s, it was a little bit... Di- I mean, it was a lot different. I mean, here's a band that's, you know, I mean, it wasn't many female, you know, all-female bands, at least in the in mainstream world. And here's you guys, and I mean, you're on a major label. I mean, it had to be just a surreal thing that you guys were doing something that a lot of people weren't really used to. I, it started to feel like in the 90s, it was, it was rapidly getting less and less weird to be... Yeah in an all-female band or to be... Because we did have the Year of the Woman. What year oh, yes, was that the that year we had? The Woman. We had a year. We got a whole year. We did. Man. We got a year. I think it was 1996. <laughs> it's been all downhill. <laughs> I bet it wasn't a leap year. They wouldn't give you that extra day, would they? <laughs> yeah, see 92 also, was right. A 92? 92 was the Year of the Woman. Was that deemed by Spin Magazine or something? or <laughs> uh, The Senators oh, of the United knows. States. Oh. Like, yeah. Probably like Hallmark's Ooh. idea. Yeah, right? Government <laughs> approved. You guys got to play uh, some... Like, uh, our station on Thursday, we're doing a thing called uh, 90-something day where we're celebrating the music from the 90s and, and just from all different you know styles and all that. But if, And for you guys, do you have a favorite memory from your time being a band, touring? I mean, I look at some of the bands you guys got to play with and it's, it's so eclectic. I mean, from Red Hot Chili Peppers to Alice Stone like you mentioned to Rage Against the Machine and Cypress Hill I mean just all across yeah. the board having guys like Eddie Vedder always supporting you guys and being a part of the scene with you guys I mean what was like some of your favorite memories from from your time and being a band 
We have a lot. We've got a, I bet. a lot, but we've been thinking about it lately because it was asked of us, you know, to so we could put up some memories on Facebook, which is really fun to share. But um, we, I don't know how much we can say on this podcast. Is this, are there children listening? Typically, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we try to make sure that they... I mean, I mean we're a PG-13 base, I'd say. Like, you know, we, we try not to scare anybody off, but, you know, don't, don't hold well, back. I'll just, I'll just speak between the lines and say that we played a show up in Alaska with uh, Lost Goat, an amazing band from San Francisco. Yeah, that should be featured in any 90s retrospective. Yeah, super great band. And uh, the promoter was, a, was a, I think he was a, in his late teens or early 20s, and his parents... This is in Anchorage, Alaska. His parents had a vacation cabin on this lake. Can I tell this story? Yes. Yeah, but I'm not sure. yeah. <laughs> if, you have, if you have to ask, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, have you ever answered no to that question? Right. Um, <laughs> well, it's the land of the midnight sun there. The land of the midnight sun. So it's, it's, it's not going to be too bad. Else. I'm going to... Um, so I just want to say that we were up there having the greatest time with Billy Anderson, who produced, engineered and produced our last record. You might know who this guy is, Billy Anderson. Um, he's produced a lot of great records. Anyway, him and Lasco and us were up there. And uh, so we go to this, the promoter's parents' cabin, which is, I don't know what he was thinking. Let's bring a bunch of bands up to my parents' cabin. <laughs> Nothing what will go wrong. Go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had a bunch of delicious mushrooms with us oh, and awesome. uh, so we had a, a lot of mushrooms and we went to the store and bought all this food we're like we're gonna like we are gonna make a huge feast and but what happened was we ate a bunch of mushrooms and then he had jet skis so we took out the jet skis um sounds like a meatballs movie long, which is like daytime pretty much oh, yeah. and Man, that's a great memory. We actually, someone just recently let us know that there's footage of this. That's our next project is to track down some of this footage. Wow. That is a documentary I'll watch. It'll either be, it'll either be presented or destroyed. Uh, <laughs> that when see it. I can't even imagine being on a jet ski on mushrooms. No. I have a hard time functioning. Just like, The times I've done mushrooms, there's been a, quite a few, but I typically just sit in a couch and just like want to listen to music just to calm me down and, and, and beg God to get me off of this high because I promise I'll be good from here on out. Like, <laughs> I we probably thought we were going really fast, but we were probably going really slow. <laughs> I bet the engine wasn't even on. You're like, we're flying out here. <laughs> Turns out we just sat on him at the dock. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we were just in a bathtub with like a little rubber ducky. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God! That, mm -hmm. that, did you know all the other people? Like, because I mean, I, that's a yeah. drug that you don't want to go into with like a bunch of strangers. No. Yeah, that was definitely yeah. with, our, with, with our friends lost good. This it was, was a tight crew. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's we the, had each other's backs for sure. Yeah, you, but yeah, that, we did. We we did play with like lots of. We got the, we were fortunate to play with so many different varieties of bands. It was you know, and different kinds of tours. I mean, we we always were you know we played club tours. We we didn't do like big festivals. We played like a few one-off shows in festival type settings that that wasn't our world so we were you know hitting like the smaller that would be thing. our preference we did a couple of tours in big places we did the, the rage against machine tour that was in big places and that yeah and, and then, then ever another one tour was in sheds i didn't know they called them sheds but that was a shed tour and that was an appropriate term for them but um <laughs> 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 
They weren't our favorite places, nonetheless. No, but there's one good thing about shed tours is that there's usually golf carts. True. That was always fun. Yeah. Oh, you can have a lot of fun on those things. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as much fun as a jet ski. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was, yeah. Okay, we were all tracking on the same level. On that. Yeah. Seems like low, like low chance of injury on something like that. You'd think. Yeah. But the cool thing about doing that, there is some cool things about doing these big shed tour things. And, I'll, and one of them is, if you're one of the first bands, um, then you have you're relaxed. You're you're done pretty early on, and then you have the rest of the time just get in trouble. Yeah, and goof off and see other bands play. Yeah, and watch the other bands play. So it's pretty fun. Oh, I bet that must have been a great time. Yeah, we've seen Rage Against the Machine play like so many times, and they were such a consistently amazing band live. Yeah, they really were. I know what, like yeah, ninety four is around when. I mean, that's like, geez, man, that must have been such a, a great treat to be able to witness and such a powerful band. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was a, a, a Royce and your guitarist. She shared a story on your Facebook about the time she slapped Zach De La Roca. I was wondering if you oh, guys, yeah. could, uh, <laughs> and the reason why is awesome. I, I I was hoping you guys could share that. Oh, we'll let her tell it again because I can't remember it as well. I wouldn't be able to tell it the same way she would. Okay, because yeah, I'll, 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 our Facebook page. Yeah, I'm looking at the Facebook. It says, like, he offered, he said, if you ever need a break from your van, we have plenty of room on our tour bus. You're welcome to ride with us any of those nights. Uh, And and then she slapped him. He was kind of hit on him. He hit on her. Right. (laughs) And and then at one point uh, on the post, she says, uh, he thought I was offended like he was trying to pick me up. And she wrote, please, I was offended because he was insulting our van. F you. I don't need your goddamn tour bus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I was like, hell Yeah. We were attached to our van. That was funny because everybody else was on a huge tour bus, and we were on our little, our, in our little van, like cruising along behind them, trying to keep up. Our little humble van. <laughs> but you know, the cool thing about being in a van um, is that you can um, divert from the uh, route and go to house parties or go to side, go check out stuff on the side. If you're on a bus, then you've got a union tour bus driver who's right. got a, a set regimen that they have to stay on um mostly although our um tour manager leanne lewis did a really uh she has the art of persuasion she once persuaded our bus driver to on a day off take us to Lollapalooza in tennessee and because we're in a tour bus she somehow got got it situated where we didn't have passes or anything, I don't think. But she's like, well, we're in a tour bus, so we're just going to pull up and park <laughs> yeah. with all the other tour buses. No one's going to notice. Uh, we're with oh. the bands. That's genius. Yeah. Just right. act like you belong there. Did it work? Yeah, that was cool. I think that there were some mushrooms involved uh, with that um, <laughs> as well. And we saw the Melvins. Yeah. And I remember, like, hugging this speaker. We're on the side of the stage. I remember, like, trying to, like, connect all of my molecules in my body to the speaker. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, I, I get it. They're trying to kill us with music, and I'm ready to die. <laughs> I feel like you and I would have hit it off really well back in those days. Because that's, like, I've had those experiences where I've, like, I've, I remember one time going to a rave, of all things, and I'm on a couple of substances at the time. I was, like, 23 at the time. And I wound up just hugging the giant speaker because it was, like, uh, it, it's connected to me the vibrations are going through me right now and it was yeah something about I, think the, I mean i think the melvins were another band that were like definitely yeah. very unifying for our band like all of us were yeah. hugely influenced by the melvins as were so many people and i feel like if you want to take think i mean i think of like what band sums up the 90s it's kind of the melvins in a way you know or at least on one leg of it i mean I, they were so I hugely influential. and the melvins are so impressive 
forever because they're and like cirrhosis in this way. They're doing it on their terms. Yeah. yeah. I saw Buzz do his, uh, Celine and I got to see Buzz do his acoustic thing here in San Francisco at the Great American, and it was mind-blowing. I mean, oh, it was wow. like, it was unbelievable. It was so good. So I feel, yeah, they're still hugely influential this much later and been, and been playing all along. And, and I think great. with like a band like the Melvins and many bands, I, I throw you guys as well in the, into that mix, is like not only is the music what makes them so powerful, but the, there is a legacy in the sense like, I don't know, I, I always view a band, did they inspire other bands? Like, and you look at like the music and, and, and can it inspire other people to want to do stuff? And, and, and Melvins are definitely right up there on that list. Such an influential band and, and, and a very underrated band, too. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Definitely. Um, and they were really smart about the music industry, and they gave us some good early on advice that I wish we had taken more to heart and followed. Like what? What did they say? About just pitfalls to avoid in terms of dealing with business dealings with larger labels and stuff like that. They just were always very um, eyes wide open and, and wise about that stuff, and they 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 counseled us a few times in a friendly manner that I always appreciated. Did you have a major label really like uh, breathing down your neck when I, when you put out Gato Negro? That I remember when I first heard it, and I remember the first song. I'm thinking, man, they don't even care that they're on a major label. They're still just giving us that punk vibe. And uh, yeah, no, we never. We felt like we had a lot of leeway on Atlantic. We felt like no one ever was ex- expressed any kind of expectation for us to change our music or do anything different in any way. I never got that feeling. That's well, awesome. I think that they. I think that. We, they probably would have wanted us to. I think they were definitely looking for a radio hit, and I think that we were really adamant about writing the way we were writing, and we weren't going to be trying... Not only did we not know what that meant or how to do it, probably, <laughs> but we weren't going to, like, try. You know what I mean? We were just yeah. still doing what we did, and, and it was like, if it fit into their machine, then great, whereas I think that they were probably having trouble figuring out how to promote our record through their sort of more mainstream channels. But in terms of someone in like Breeding Down Our Neck, no. They were gracious with us, and it was a really positive experience. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's you know, awesome. one of the first One of the first things they did for our band when we signed to Atlantic was a, a, a grand personal gesture extended to me. Um, my roommate died while we were on tour, and they knew about it, and they flew me from the tour to her funeral in Buffalo, New York. Wow. And then... And then back to rejoin the tour. And I never asked for that. That just was presented to me, like, we'll do this for you. It was and then we and then they were they facilitated us um getting the Hernandez brothers to do our album cover art. Right, which was a huge dream for us because we were a huge Love and Rockets fan. I mean that was a dream from us like in the early days of being in the practice space, barely learning our instruments and writing, like, wouldn't it be so cool if we could have them do our album cover art? And as soon as we had like an art budget on Atlantic Records and we made that request and then their person called some people and like, boom, they made it happen. Yeah. It's really cool. That was cool. Oh, it's such a cool <laughs> album cover too. That's that's awesome. I, I remember yeah. seeing it, I'm like, I wish they'd just make it a cartoon and it's just like, the, now hearing these stories about the mushrooms and the jet skis. Like, <laughs> what a great animated show. That would have been, it could be on Adult Swim right now. <laughs> you would probably show that now on Adult Swim. We could probably, you know. <laughs> Dude, it'd be a huge hit. <laughs> <laughs> and one last thing I know I don't want to keep you guys and just keep nerding out over every single thing but like I said this is such a treat to get to talk to you guys and um, obviously with the album coming out on the 16th the live record I'm sure I'm not the only person that's going to ask you this question but are, is there any idea or a thought or even a, a flirting with the idea of maybe getting back together and playing some shows or, or finishing a record or is there any talks of, uh, of taking this to another level 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> There's been flirtation, but nothing concrete. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. That I, I can I can imagine that that has to pop in into your guys's head. Just you know, I mean, it's such a nostalgic moment to be able to go back and remember some awesome memories. That I, I would imagine that that's part of it in the back of your mind too. Like, hey, it would be kind of fun to jump into a practice space again. You know, it would have to be. I, I'm going to just say something personal here. It um, it would have to be as good as that record, and that record's pretty damn good. It is. Yeah. So. <laughs> the, the bar has been set very high. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but you can't practice in Capitol Hill these days. The whole th- that neighborhood's changed. It's not the same. Oh, yeah. dramatically. I, I mean, I you know when we go back to Seattle now, it's like what happened to what? What? Where do we? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's Strange. all techno like, clubs now. Yeah, where are all the it's right. It's, it's, they're in Georgetown. They're in Georgetown now. That's a very good point. <laughs> all right, good to know. Well, uh, Valerie and Elizabeth, seven-year bitch again. Uh, you guys so are going to awesome. be here on Sunday, the seventeenth, for a live interview and signing for the new album Live at Mo, which comes out the day before. Uh, and you get it at liveatmo.com and at sevenyearbitchrocks.com as well. Uh, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for. I mean, to go back to being the, the, the teenage version of myself, I couldn't even imagine having the opportunity to speak to you back then. Uh, but I speak on behalf of my younger version <laughs> and thanking you for helping mold what I fell in love with musically. It was, it, you guys have such a huge impact on my life. And, uh, and I'll always have nothing but love and respect for what you guys have, have given us as fans. Wow, man. Thank you so much. We salute you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're blushing over here. And I like that I can say later, bitches, and it's not an insulting thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Right on, you guys. We hope to see you soon. Awesome. Bye. Take care. Bye. Why don't we uh, jump into one of their songs from the live record since we've been geeking out, or I've been geeking out. Sorry, guys. Like, no, it's all, right. all good, man. They it were awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, they, they were, were so cool. I didn't know how it would go. I was like, you know, at the worst, I'm going to just tell them how much I love them, and if they're It'll not like, into cool it. cool story, bro. They're like, yeah, cool. And I'm like, all right, take care. Enjoy your record. Uh, <laughs> well, I could listen to those ladies talk all day long, man. Those stories are amazing. Yeah. yeah. They're really fun. And just in the middle of a, uh, a magical musical time. I mean, I know it sounds being very dramatic in what I say, but it was a very special time yeah. for me I know this is like unearthing a time capsule right, right here yeah could you imagine for them I mean yeah. I, I, I can't even imagine oh, I hope they do decide to get back together <laughs> one show just do it uh, let's check out Deep in the Heart since I mentioned it uh, this is the live version this is definitely a different side compared to uh, what we listened to uh, earlier with the scratch so uh, let's check out this is from that live record it's called uh, Deep in the Heart we'll listen to some of it This would be one where if I had headphones and I ate some mushrooms, I'd be seeing some cool images. I was just going to say, I yeah, really yeah, wish yeah, I had yeah. a joint or something right now. Yeah. <laughs> that bass is just... It's awesome. Dude, especially when you listen to it with like a strong bass on your stereo speakers, it just rattles. Was it called the bass boost on the old uh, CD player? Yes! But you had to be picky when you used it because it took up more battery. You thought it did. <laughs> I mean, this is 
very Melvins-ish. Yeah. See what I mean? Like it's like that plotting vibe. Yeah, I really like this. Me it's too. so dirty. And, yeah. 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 I can't wait to get this on vinyl, man. Saturday. All right, I'm 16. buying it. Nice. <laughs> Damn it. In. I'm all in. So good. goodbye. You know it felt so wrong. I don't know if his heart is breaking or if his heart is gone. Is it gone? Celine's voice is just so powerful. Yeah. Like, a very emotional. That's what I really like about it. Yeah, you can hear all of it in there. You know, while we have a second, let's listen to uh, another track off of it. Just, I want to play it because the opening part is awesome. Apparently, there must have been someone in the crowd that was annoying Celine, or because it just starts with her being like, "I want to spit on you," <laughs> and then the, the, I just like I like it because it's like there's a certain as we've learned by talking to them, there's a great sense of humor uh, underneath this some dark music, uh, and you get a glimpse of it just from the opening uh, banter before they start this song. So this is a uh, hip like junk, uh, which is another one of my favorite seven year bitch song so here let's check a little bit of that out I've been wanting to spit on you all night play house of the rising sun do you think this is like a karaoke or something It's amazing that this is just like off the board and it was like on a tape. And, yeah. And they brought, I don't know, I don't know. I'm curious, I wonder what it would sound like before they started like trying to. How much work goes into something like that, you know? Yeah. Because it sounds so full and I, I really yeah. love the, the sound of this record. Elizabeth and Valerie lock in on the bass and drums. It's like, yeah. there's just such a... This bass is super fun to listen to with their headphones on. Like, right. what you were saying earlier, it's just like... Yeah. Such attitude behind it. Oh, yeah. Everything, that, every, every no. bit of this, this song, man. Mm-hmm.
So yeah, uh, live at Mo. Get it live at mo.com. You can pre-order it and all that fun stuff. And uh, one last clip I wanted to play. This is just a, a quick little clip of them having some fun on stage. Uh, now hearing the interview, I get that the the, the, the quick wit is awesome and it's just a quick clip in between the two of their songs and uh here let's check out this fun stage banter with seven year bitch so if anyone i know there's a lot of musicians here tonight so if anyone's got a short cord in their pocket uh, i'll take it just fling it up here you know i know y'all are in bands right you guys have it someone's got a cord in their pocket short cord in your pocket <laughs> 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 Don't be <laughs> You're the guy in the no. background. I got a short cord. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys. Uh, all right, let's do our voicemail, our emails, and our text messages. Yeah. In the days when it rains, we sit around and check out mountain. Steve makes it brightens up the skies. Listen to the message. I'd see him in concert. Freaky. Both of them, yes. We gotta get uh, Ziggy to do a seven-year bitch-inspired version of the messages mm, that'd intro. That'd be fun. Hell yeah. Mm. It's the message. That's all I got. Anybody got a short cord out there? <laughs> I got one. Bet you do. Yeah. All right, uh, Toppy, what do you want us to do? Let's do texts. Text messages. It is. Where are they? There they are. 253-271-4787. That's 253-271-4787. You can leave us a voicemail, a text message. Also, you can email us at, Steve, uh, at themigscast at gmail.com. At Steve. Or at Steve. Yeah, just write Steve. No even at or anything. Just It'll get yell to me. Steve. It's like addressing something Santa Claus. You don't need to give the address. <laughs> uh, this text says, guys, my grandma was complaining about people that drive with their dogs. I had her quote unquote vent on the Migscast line. Oh I hope you gosh. like it. She's 86. Oh, that'll be oh, great. We got to get to the voicemails at some point. We might want to just jump and find. I wonder which one it yeah, is. Yeah, we should just find his grandma's. Yeah. <laughs> grandma! I, it might be number three. Let me try. Just quick. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. All right. Let's see. Yeah. My event is yep. people who drive with their dogs in their laps. All you hear nowadays is don't talk on your cell phone when you drive. Don't drink coffee when you drive. Why has nobody mentioned don't let your animals on your lap when you drive? I'm thinking that's a really, really big distraction. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love that. That's, That's a great one. He's a grandma. <laughs> Talk to this voicemail. We awesome. got this line for you. <laughs> sounded pretty good for 86. Yeah. yeah. She sounded great. Her yeah. mind's working. Yeah. Love it. Attitude. Uh, anyone here? Do you guys drive? Uh, I drive you, with my cat on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> do, How do often, though? Your cat's I'm probably kidding. Not. I'm oh. kidding. Was, cats are the worst in cars, by the way. I don't yeah. even think I would ever try that. <laughs> no. I, I remember bringing my, when I when I had a cat, bringing him home when I first got him the kitten. I was just like, I'll just stu- put the stupid little kitten in the box, yeah. and everything will be fine. I'm uh-huh. just driving from Gig Harbor to Tacoma. It should be fine. Yeah, this will be no, easy. No, that cat climbed the seat, went and climbed the other side of the seat, so it was just climbing everywhere. And I'm wasn't like, the box closed? No, it was an open box. Oh, well, that's a personal question, guys. Yeah, <laughs> right? Jeez. I My just bad. gave up Sorry. that info. Dude, um, <laughs> Lulu will, you know, when I drive, I don't do it too often, but uh, there are times... She's difficult to drive with, though. I think about that all the time. I'm like, you know, she's on my lap, and then she oh. she freaks out. Like, she likes to yell at cars. 
when they're moving. Like anything with wheels. Like if you're on a skateboard and we're on a dog <laughs> cart, dog, she yeah. will snap. If you're a baby carriage, she will snap. If you're on a bicycle, she will snap. If if you're just walking, she's fine. Cars on next level snapping. Done. So she sees, obviously, you're driving, there are other cars going the other way. She's, you know, she's seven pounds, and she's jumping at the window wanting to get out. Like one time. <laughs> Dude, that's dangerous, man. Now I don't drive with the window open. Like, <laughs> <laughs> one is going to fly out. Dude, I caught her. And like she jumped, and I had to grab her. Whoa. Like I'm like, what are you? Where do you think this? How do you think this is going to end, Lulu? <laughs> she didn't. She didn't answer me because she's a dog. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you think? You jump out of this moving vehicle to attack another moving vehicle, you will lose. Yeah, and on every aspect. Oh man. <laughs> Toppy, do you ever drive with your... Because you got two little dogs, too. Yeah, uh, they're with us a lot, uh, but it's usually not a problem unless there's only one of us being me, because I, I don't know what she does when she's by herself, but... Um I, I prefer to have the carrier so I can put them in the carrier, but there are times when I don't if I'm coming back from the in-laws who watched them, and they're both in my lap. Yeah. And uh, the worst part is uh, if I'm in Big Brother because it's a stick. Big oh, Brother's yeah. a 1967 Camaro, Camaro, but it's a four-speed, and it's there's a lot different uh, technique than driving a stupid automatic. So I'm trying to hold the dog. I'm trying to shift. I'm just like, oh, trying I'm to get my die. french fries. <laughs> <laughs> and what an awful way to yeah, die. Right. Eating a whole meatball sub. Yeah. Man dies by being distracted by his chihuahuas. Dude, they just yeah. did a news report on this, uh, I think, last night. Like, I was watching it on, like, Como or Cairo, and they're talking about how people drive around with their dogs on their lap. Yeah. And, I mean, you, both of you have kind of small dogs, but they're right. showing this article and this chick, it wasn't a giant dog, mm-hmm. but it was bigger <laughs> than both of yours. I couldn't see someone doing it with like a St. Bernard or something stupid like that. But, <laughs> like, the dog was a medium to small size, but it was everywhere, just up in your business, licking your face. It's like, how can you drive with this dog doing all of that stuff. It's worse than a cell phone. My father-in-law's dog, Trixie, she puts her paws on the steering wheel and drives with him. <laughs> Not even it's like Tunes's. It's hilarious. <laughs> My wife was doing that when I was like four. Sid's hilarious when she's driving with Lulu and if she like, drives by a cop, it's like, she's like, the only time where she feels like she's breaking the law, she's like, Lulu, get down. She's like trying to push Lulu down. So <laughs> right. Because like, I've never seen a cop pull over anybody. I've never been pulled over for having a dog in you know, my lap. I've never heard of it. But I mean, I would imagine that it's, I mean, it's a distraction driver. And yeah. I bet it would be, but also, I mean, like Seattle or even Washington oh, is yeah. such a dog like state. They might attack the cops. It might be like oh, a- <laughs> oh no, I was just gonna say that they wouldn't even bother with it because they're like, oh, it's just a dog, whatever. Yeah. Like unless you're doing something else. Like if you're swerving all over the place, right. then they're gonna be like, Well, what's wrong with you? Are you drunk driving? No, I'm dog driving. I'm dog driving. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh next text message. What's up, Steve? Hey, Tape. Hey. Hola Rev. Hi, Hi Nick. And he spelled hi H I G A. Of course. It's Dirty Dan here. (laughs) Just saying Happy New Year, and I hope everybody had a great holiday break. I'm still listening to the old podcast. I'm up to the beginning of 2012. Oh, my God. I wonder how that went. I wish I would have known about these podcasts years ago because I feel like I missed out on a ton of parties and events. Laser. Hey, sir. So I was wondering when your next listener party will be. I'd love to finally meet you guys and all of my fellow douches. Oh, Stay positive. yesterday, man. Yeah, dude. You missed ah. it. We had a huge laser tag party. Oh, Such wow. a huge one. I mean, it's seven-year bitch reunited. 
ignited and played it. It was unbelievable. Well, and then they shot everyone with laser. Laser. Was, yeah, man. It was great. Virtual sports. They had the band set up. Eddie Vedder was there. He was yeah. drinking Thanks, and filming it. Sure. Riding a skateboard. Yep. Everything. Everything. <laughs> then everyone slipped on the skate ramp. It, you yeah. missed it. Good Sorry. Time. Sorry, Dirty Dan. That maybe you need. One. Maybe you should start listening to the new podcast. Yeah, maybe you should go backwards. <laughs> like, I think they were addressing him. He won't get to this one until three years from now. That's a good point. That is a great point. Yeah. Like, I hope he drives truck or something so he can just listen to like, Power through these. Yeah, yeah, just get through them. We had to do something soon. Uh, uh, hopefully at Virtual Sports or something. I'm down ball. for going back to Virtual Sports. I know. Sport. Virtual I Sports is it, such man. a fun spot. It's easy to get to. It is, from like, yeah, from like, um, for everyone, really. I know it's a little bit of a drive from the North MPO, but it's nice to go somewhere where there's parking. We know that those guys will take care of us. There's a lot of parking. That's, that's a really yep. good part about it. Uh, next text. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going to be on Evening Magazine on Wednesday uh, for donating hair to cancer. Kids with cancer. I donated to Locks of Love. Cool. Maybe can I get a shout out, or at least can you watch the show? Your close neighbor, Dwayne, love the mix cast. Cool. All right, yeah, dude, dude, magazine on Wednesday. Dude, that's really, really. And he sent a picture of his hair. And that's super a lot of hair. hair. Yeah, because I tried to do my, uh, donate mine a few years ago when I had longer hair, and they and wouldn't like, take it. They're like, pubic hair is not allowed. <laughs> well, that and the whole pot thing, you know. Yeah, they don't no. want kids with THC hair. Really? I don't know. Oh, but okay. <laughs> It just wasn't long enough. Yeah, they just profiled him when he walked in the door. Oh, like, no. All right, stoner, we don't need you your weed really, hair you thing. Really. Go weave hemp baskets with it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Next text. Will I get high? Possibly. Yeah. No, I won't. Steve, how was the party at the town in Tacoma? I'm sorry I missed it. I love the Snoop Dogg podcast. That was a fun journey to disappointment. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot all about yeah, that. Last yeah, last week oh, or yeah, two weeks was ago, blast. was it? Yeah, I heard the story him? from Ted. Yeah. Oh, did you hear from... I didn't hear the podcast. I heard the story from Ted. Well, we went there expecting to interview Snoop Dogg, and let's just say the interview never happened. We saw him. We saw him. He walked right by us. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Times. Oh, here. Just real quick, we'll explain what I happened. I saw Taryn took a picture with him. Yeah, that's great. That was yeah, a I different place. That was a different one. Yeah, that was a different place. And uh, apparently, if I would have waited oh. in line with everybody else that was trying to get pictures, we would have gotten a picture. Yeah. Oh. But the way it was all set up, and it's not, no fault of uh, Clear Choice Cannabis or Levi Lyon. It None, was, yeah. I mean, all blame on Snoop and his people, and not even on Snoop. It Which was, was awesome. Yeah, it, I mean, was, it great. was great to comment on. Dude, it was, it was a lot of fun. The journey to try and get this interview was fun because we met a lot of really cool people yes. along the way, some people that are doing some cool stuff that makes that shines a good light on the pot world. Um, but so <laughs> we get there, we're all set up to do the interview. They have a table set up for Snoop. They got a King's Castle throne kind of thing going on where Snoop was going to sit. It was So we got there. We set up our microphones. Everything was good. In walks Snoop's security, right? Snoop's main, one of his main, it wasn't even a security guy I found out. It was like his, like, like his, his cousin? promoter. Part okay. of his entourage. It's part of his entourage. Yep. This guy walks in. He looks like Terrence Howard from Hustle and Flow. Like awesome. straight okay. up old school. Full red velour tracksuit. Sure, why not? <laughs> with a jacket over it with the fuzzy hood. Yeah. Draped over like his, Santa Claus. Draped over his shoulders like a cape. Like not even wearing that. <laughs> and just gold everywhere. Gold everywhere. While he walks in and never stops doing it for the entire time. And Nick noticed it before I did. Nick, what was he doing? He was rubbing his belly with <laughs> both of his hands. He's just like... <laughs> Well, dude, if you're wearing a suit like that, man, I'd be touching myself all the time, too. You can't help it. He's rubbing his belly. This feels he, good. He, he looks around. He's like telling him, okay, we need this. We do that. We don't want this. And then he looks at Nick and I who are sitting there waiting to talk to Snoop. Because that's how Levi set it all up. Everyone, yeah. yeah. Clear choice. Great spot. He looks at it and goes, who the hell are those guys? 
talk about going from excitement to terror yeah. in two seconds. Yeah, because you're suddenly looking at a guy rubbing his belly in a red velour suit saying, I don't know who you are, and I'm not in a good mood. And he's apparently. not the only one of Snoop's entourage now that has showed up. I mean, he's got a full security crew, and they're big boys. And now they're all oh, looking gosh. at us, and we're like, they're like, who the hell are these guys? And I'm like, hi, I'm Steve. We're going to do an interview. Not right now you are. No. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, Move your stuff over there. Right, you can so try we, and get your interview later. So he's like, yeah, we'll do the interview later. So we get up and leave our microphones, because it took a bit to get it all out, hook yeah. it up. And he goes, take your ass with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not happening. All right, then, well. <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. So now we nice wait. Effort. And the way they had it is they had all the people that came. They were going to get to do the uh, autographs with the, Snoop, the customers that were waiting <laughs> in line in the snow at the time. Oh, geez. Yeah. So they go through that. Then they close the doors. And the plan was then everybody who was like friends and family, quote unquote, VIPs, were then going to get a meet and greet with Snoop to do pictures. And after that, then we were going to do the interview. Mm-hmm. Well, then as we're waiting with everybody else, we watch Snoop Talk just leave the club <laughs> or then leave the, 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 the Clear Choice Cannabis. Yeah. And I'm like, I look at Nick and he's like, I think he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and me being naive, Steve is like, oh no, maybe oh, he's going out for a smoke break. Yeah, yeah in the pot shop, it's plausible. <laughs> Could be. You know, can't smoke in the shop. That, that is a good point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he never came back. He left and went to Bellingham, where eventually Taryn got a picture with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even in the same place. So, okay. It was unfortunate for all those that were worked really hard behind the scenes. I mean, not even take us out of the yeah. equation. Take, yeah. There were a lot of people who invested some time, money. I mean, to put it in perspective, the owner of Clear Choice, who spent a lot of money to bring him there, sure. barely got to meet him. Levi oh, didn't get to meet him. That's awkward. So it was sucks, just like, yeah. you know, it's like it was no fault of anyone other than this is Snoop's people who I am not going to step in front of the velour belly rubber and tell no, him, no, no, you do not leave until we get our interview. <laughs> that guy has the plan. <laughs> so it, it never happened. But it was a fun experience. We it had a good awesome. time. And, and and they gave us some nice gift bags. Yeah. Nick got Ooh. taken care of nicely. Nice. That was awesome. It was a great su- Christmas. <laughs> How much of it you do you think? remember? A green yeah. Christmas. Much. There you go. <laughs> uh, as far as the party at the town, um, <laughs> I was there to host the party. Oh yeah, and uh, this Who is the first. This guy? The, no, no, oh, no. Okay. Everything was great. Um, this is the first time it's ever happened to me. Uh, Levi, our buddy from Lion Prime Music, and they've got the the party buses, so they sent a party bus to pick me up, so I didn't have to drive. Not a boy. So nice. when Steve does not drive, Steve gets wasted. Mm-hmm. So Steve was hosting a party that he eventually got kicked out of because he was too drunk. Whoa. <laughs> you got kicked out of your own party? Yes, I did. What party is this? That you were hosting? The party at the town. Did, am I missing something? Was that the remember, one that's down here? At like uh, On 6th Avenue Tacoma. Oh, okay. Remember I said I was going to do it the day after Christmas. That's right. I'm sorry. And I deserved to get kicked out because I was puking plenty in the bathroom. Oh. Wow. Wow. Oh, no. Steve. Wow. Here's why. Besides alcohol. There's a couple other reasons. A gift bag? And I didn't, yeah, no. I had nothing to do So, I, you know, I should find it because I want to give props to the band. A bunch of cool guys I met. So, I did the initial stage announcement with my buddy Grizz, who was uh, the, the big guy that did security over at the Snoop Dogg thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. Super nice guy. Um, he's an imposing uh, presence. Yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> and he did a great job keeping order at that uh, at this, at this the Snoop Dogg event. He, yeah. you know, he helped out Levi. Hey, yo, we're right. done. 
Get out of here! <laughs> Which, you know what? Sometimes well, you need someone okay. to do that. Yeah. Goodbye. Steve, so, I think Snoop left. <laughs> so I want to give uh, props. To, uh, I believe it was Corson Swift was the band. Uh, and they were doing a bunch of covers. And a couple of them, one of them's a Titanic douche. And they said, hey, Steve, do you want to play drums with us on a song or two? And I'm like, yeah, sure. At any point, let me know. What are you playing? <laughs> right. Well, they're playing. And I'm watching them playing. They're doing like Foo Fighters, Weezer. Oh. And I'm like, okay. I, they're playing some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So now they're jamming out the tool. Yes. Right? And I've had a couple shots. I'm fine at this point, but I'm feeling good. I'm hugging people. I'm feeling a like good Danny Carey. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so there's that breakdown in one of the, I can't remember which song it was. I think it was Sober. Okay. And uh, there's a breakdown, and the, the the band and the drummer, I'm like on the side. I don't know. At some point, I don't know how I ended up on the stage. <laughs> Alcohol. You know Alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the drummer and the and, and, and the guitarist, they look at me and they go, you want to finish the song? I'm like, you bet your ass I want to finish the song. Yes. So now I'm like, yeah, I'm rocking out my buddy J-Mac. He's now on stage just standing right near me just jamming too. And this band, they're the coolest bunch of guys. They're all having fun. We're all having a blast. And they're really good. Like, they were great. And then they're like, hey, do you want to stick up on stage? Speaking of Rage Against the Machine, like, do you know uh, Killing in the Name of? I've never played the song before in my life, but of course I look at him and go, you bet your ass I know that song. (laughs) (laughs) Played the whole song. I thought I played it just amazing. I watched the video back. I I apologize to them. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It wasn't bad. But like I, I, but in your head it was like a I thousand was playing times a little better. Too fast, huh? and, and, and it wasn't like it was passable. They were great. They they locked in with me. I'm sorry that I sped you guys up a little bit, but I was <laughs> Turn jacked. Up the I was jacked. <laughs> so I get off the stage and now adrenaline. Yeah, because right? I've seen you play. You get into that mode oh, yeah. where you're just yeah. It's on, I'll have to put it. It's on the Steve Miggs uh, like page. If you go on there mm. on the post by others, it's been posted the video. Um, but the minute I get off the stage. There's a handful of people who wanted to shot, give me shots. Shot, 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 shot. So I, I, I probably did four straight shots. Uh-oh. Shot, oh, shot, oh, shot, oh, shot, oh, right? All tequila. And it, no, Oof. tequila. Yeah, what were you drinking? Fireball, Jaeger. <laughs> there we go. And oh. Crown. Oh. Those are four of my favorite things. I've Damn. done something along those lines before, and it did not end well. Did you hurl violently in the bathroom after that? Because I did. Did you get kicked <laughs> out of your own party? <laughs> no. no. None of those things quite that bad, no. I don't remember much other than Jay carrying me out of the bathroom. Wow. And I'm hearing... I don't see it because I'm just eyes are closed and I hear the guy going, he can't be in here anymore. Yeah. And I do remember this very clearly. I go, he is right. Because my buddy was like, <laughs> like, no, he'll be fine. He's hosting. He'll be fine. And I go, he is right. I should not be in here and I'm sorry. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> At least you had enough like, like coherence. Yeah, yeah, just be like, this man is correct. Time to go home. I'm not, I'm not an arguing guy when I'm like I'm not gonna try and pick a fight. I'm oh aware I am a mess. The adre- the shots and the adrenaline really did not work well to my favor because I was trying to figure it out. Like even my buddy Jay's like, did someone slip something in your drink? Like I've never seen you that in bad shape. Like and it's true. I don't usually a not driving also helped a little bit. You know. Yeah. But, man, so I just spent the rest of the time on the bus. Drinking Coors Light and having a blast, <laughs> man. See, like this week, like this Christmas break was also the the first time in maybe years that I've puked from I partying, puke. right? Because Jeez. it was the same thing. It was amateur hour. Right? Well, I went to two different well, parties. It's the season. I, I went to two different parties, and we got an Uber. So it was an Uber to go to the first party, which is just a house party, birthday party, right? 
drank way too much there, and then went to the second party and had one drink that I couldn't finish because I knew it was over. But yeah, it was like I haven't puked in that like in years. Oh. I'm a, I, I, I went nuts. It's fun, huh? I'm glad mm. that I drive I everywhere, done. and yeah. I'm responsible. Yeah. I'm very responsible when it comes to that. And I'm, if I was not a driver, I would be just a terrible, sloshy drunk. Like, I really, I mean, I, it's like that when we go to our conventions. I just, <laughs> if I'm not driving, I'm getting bombed. Yeah. You know I mean? Because every other time, I'm always thinking, I'm not going to drive drunk. I'm not going to be stupid. And, yeah. you know, I'm driving everywhere because I live in Puyallup. It's not that easy just to, but when, yeah. when Levi's hooking me up with a party bus to take, <laughs> like, apparently Jay's brother was there. I don't even remember seeing him, and he was taking care of me for a and little while. a long conversation. At one point, they were, like, trying to send me home, and then I hear Levi, he's like, bro, he's fine. Just get him some water. And I'm like, he's right. I just need some water. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. But man, it was a good time. Uh, thanks to Levi for everything that he did. And I'm sorry that I got kicked out of the party I was supposed to host. Uh, but I was there in spirit outside. Nice. Bring Coors Light. Uh, you know what? I think we got to get. I got to get rolling. Got some meetings to get into. So why don't we just uh, trying to think if I got anything else I want to do? I think that. I think that's good. You guys good? Yeah, that was fun. I'm that excellent. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Seven year bitch was awesome, dude. So cool. So awesome. I'm getting a live album next week. I know. Week or look two at that. Weeks from now. Dude, you and me both. I yeah. might just pre-order it now. That way I'm locked in. Because they yeah. said it's limited edition. Okay, and I need the vinyl. Yep. Yeah, live at Mo.com to go buy it. So go do that. So yeah, huge, huge, huge thanks to Valerie and Elizabeth from Seven Year Bitch. The bitches were awesome. Mm-hmm. What's up, bitches? <laughs> What's up, bitches? <laughs> Later, bitches. What's <laughs> up, bitches? God. I love that they refer to themselves as the bitches. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out with the bitches. Uh, and if you have an opportunity, go see them for their live interview. And, hey, if this was any indication, you're, you're going to hear some great stories. Be a treat. Live interview. Also, they'll be signing the record, and that's on Sunday uh, in the afternoon around 2-ish uh, on the 17th at the EMP. And it's free, and it's all ages. So go down there and go hang out. For Top Shelf, for The Rev, mm-hmm. for Mono Nick, next week. I think we're going to be talking to Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter from the WWE, the Divas Champ. Nice. So that should be fun. Stay positive. We'll talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.